from Orms, this is Orms Air, where we unpack and investigate the compelling questions at the forefront of our creative community's consciousness. Joined by the artists, photographers, and creators, brave enough to step up to the mic and join us in discussion. For Orm's Air, I'm Jess Semple, producer and your friendly spaceship commander of this intrepid voyage into the uncharted deep space of our creative universe. If you're new here, welcome! And if this is not your first trip with us, we're delighted to have you join us once again. Orm's Air is a vehicle for the Orm's brand to connect our community in a meaningful way with the creatives we mutually admire. In the safe, laid-back environment of our little studio in Cape Town, we invite our guests to engage in candid, thought-provoking conversation with intriguing questions about the challenges and victories of the creative process and their personal participation in their chosen art form. Since Orms Air's inception in 2019, we have welcomed renowned photojournalists, wildly popular content creators, award-winning filmmakers, and genre-defining visual artists to the table and given them the opportunity to share their creative truth with our community. We would like to invite you to join the conversation by subscribing to Orms Air on whatever platform you use to consume podcasts. We hope that your creativity will be held, nurtured and nourished by participating in our discussions. Stepping up to the mic today is fashion influencer and content creator Celestine Campire. We chatted with Celestine's brother, Fabrice, in season two. And ever since then, we have been desperate to get her on the podcast. Celestine joins us for this chat about how she creates her content and why she feels a completely transparent approach to the business of being an influencer is essential. Without further ado... Let's dive into our discussion. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Orms Air, the Orms podcast. Today, for our second episode of season three, we are delighted to be joined by <laughs> Celestine Campaya, content creator extraordinaire based here in Cape Town. Welcome, Celestine. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> we're, so, we're so thrilled. So yes. thrilled. Like I was saying before we even started recording, we're, we're genuinely excited. So excited to be here and finally get it get around to this podcast. Yeah. I know. I feel like we've rescheduled this like three times. So many times. times. <laughs> but Just yeah. to schedule and and lining everything up it's mm-hmm. it's a lot particularly in Cape Town I feel like everyone's so busy yes yeah but I, I feel like now everything's in alignment so mm. yeah we're we just can. gonna we're gonna just roll just roll with it we've got like an hour and a little bit to record this um which is perfect timing actually mm-hmm. um okay I wanted to roll in with our first question yes. and I want to take it way back to when you first kind of started getting involved in photography and, yes. and content. Um, what was your, your first introduction to the pho- photographic world? Like did, did photography come to you before the sort of content creation? Mm-hmm. Were you interested in that way or did content creation come first and then like photography was a vehicle for you to explore that? Like what was the vibe? Yeah, I th- for me it was um, first content creation and then photography mm. because uh, I'm mostly a fashion content creator. Mm. So when I first started, um, I wanted to get into the fashion space and um, social media seemed the way to go. Yeah. Um, so I studied fashion design 
And from that already, I was familiar with photography in terms of like magazines like Vogue or Hopper's mm-hmm. Bazaar. I loved the imagery, but it wasn't something I thought of going into. So when um, I studied fashion design and after that, I started doing social media came up and I was like, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. this is like the perfect mix of the two. I, I, I strongly felt like social media is the future. Mm-hmm. So I started doing social media and then. Because um, I have a brother, I was, so, I, I, I was thinking, like, no, this to do it professionally, you need a camera. Yeah. Because we were using our phones. And <laughs> then we were like, no, let's go into it. Let's use a camera. And then from there, we kind of mixed the two, like fashion photography and um, and social media. Mm. Mm. Okay. That's so interesting to me because I was going to, I was literally going to ask, I was being like, you know what, <laughs> leading off that, we know that, like, your passion is fashion. I was going to say passion for fashion, <laughs> which I mean, like. Such yeah. a cliche thing to say, but um, yeah, so you're obviously a fashion creator and I was going to ask like where, you know, the love for that comes from, but I mean, you studied it. When, when did you study? Where did you study? I studied it uh, 2013 or no, 2011, a while ago. Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I started fashion design at CPUT. Mm. Um, I always loved fashion. Like I was one of those kids that grew up sketching um, when I was younger, when I was in grade six and stuff. Mm. And then when I got to study it, I was so excited so this was like a side hustle for me. I was in the fashion industry and mm. then with social media, I was like, you know, I always feel like you should have two options. Yeah. So while I was working, I was like, this is another option for me. Then I started doing it um, regularly. And then obviously my, my, my instinct told me to go into fashion mm. um, as a fashion content creator. And then that's the route I went into. Okay. Yeah. So you d- are, do you, are you just doing this now? Or are you still kind of like side hustling, doing like all the things all the time? <laughs> Um, this is this has become like it's it's half and half. Also, mm. we, I have a photography business as well. Yeah. So um, half of my time goes towards that, and the other half content creation because it takes a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, especially it's, with the different platforms. I can imagine it's actually something I think we'll definitely touch on um, later on. But mm-hmm. like, I hundred percent that people don't realize yes. how much time it takes. <laughs> it's not just you're like wake up one day and you're like I'm gonna just post this pretty picture to Instagram. Yeah. It's really not like that. No, no, no. So I, I can 100% get it. But but yeah, no, very interesting that you did the, the two things like at the same time initially. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, I mean, even now, like diversifying multiple income streams. Oh, like, yes, I feel like definitely. everybody our age is doing more than one thing, you yeah. know, kind of young, young Cape Tonian people. Mm. Um, then uh, leading off that. So those who are serial listeners of our podcast will know that we actually interviewed your brother, as we <laughs> mentioned before, Fabrice. We, we chatted yes. to him um, last year in the height of the height of the pandemic and lockdown and mm-hmm. everything. And we found out during this interview from him that you guys actually shoot your content for each other. Yes. If I remember correctly, yeah. like you shoot, help him shoot for his Instagram. He helps you shoot for yours. Yes. Um, could you could you tell us a little bit more about um, how your creative partnership with Fabrice works? And, um, you know, did you guys decide to work together from like the beginning mm-hmm. um, or, you know, how did that whole sort of collaboration evolve? So we, yes, we started to work from the beginning because um, as I mentioned before, I was doing it part time using mm. a phone and I wasn't happy. And, and I was thinking as well, like, you know what to do this? Because in the back of my mind, I was mm. like, I want to do this fully in the future. So I was like, to, to do it properly, I need a camera and I need, and I need somebody to bounce off ideas with mm. and and also take pictures. Most people have boyfriends. I was single, so <laughs> that wasn't an option. And I was also um, tired of asking my friends all the time because you, your friendship becomes kind of murky. Mm. So he he's also interested in fashion, um, Fabrice. And so we were like, let's do this together. 
we saved up, we bought our first camera, a 1300D. Mm. And then from then onwards, we were like, you know what? We have similar ambitions. So I'm so glad I have somebody like that because sometimes you can go into a partnership with somebody, your ambitions are different. Mm. And and the cool thing I feel is that we're not in competition with each other at all. He does male fashion influencing, I do female. Mm. So we help, we help each other a lot. And um, yeah, and then that's how it works. We, we both take each other's pictures. And then usually uh, a content day is quite long actually because I have to take my pictures, he has to take his pictures. Yeah. So you edit your own pictures then after like splitting the shooting sort of yeah. workload. So, okay, yeah. cool. so then um, with Instagram, it's basically, it's our own identities because the cool thing is that you, you find out the framing that you want, mm. you, you you look at what you're creating. So it's a very like collaborative effort. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah, and it seems like it's a really like nice, um, like you said, there's like no competition. And also like I, I can imagine mm. with like, if you're having a friend shoot for you all the time, it becomes <laughs> like every time you go out with your friends, it's suddenly about like yes. shooting content or whatever. So no, that seems like it works really, really well. And then you, again, you mentioned kind of uh, in answer to my last question that you, you do have a photography business, mm-hmm. which is Viziona Photography. Am I right? It's Viziona Photography. Viziona Photography. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... Am I pronouncing this correctly? I don't know. Um, But uh, this was actually a question we also asked Fabrice Mm -hmm. about uh, the photography side of uh, your guys' collaboration and everything. Um, But I'd really love to know if there's a particular genre of photography that you enjoy most. Mm -hmm. And then if there's maybe another one that you find like particularly challenging. Um, so we mostly do like event photography, basically. So I love I love portrait photography. I love fashion photography a mm. lot because I feel like you can be so creative. You can shoot at different angles, and you can you can definitely express yourself more in that way. Um, and then the the one type of photography I find so challenging is studio. Oh. It is because we don't know. We know I know how to deal with outside lighting. Mm. I also know what equipment, what setup to use. And before we tried, we actually offered to do product photography for somebody inside their space and it just didn't work out. So then from that, I realized if you know what you're good at, we know, we know we're good at outside photography. Mm. We know we're good at portraits. Rather stick to that. And then if you're going to move into something else, maybe don't charge mm. and just see how it works because that, that just didn't go well. So um, from that, we know it's it's a whole different ball game, studio photography. And I think people don't understand the different types of photography if you're going into food, it's a whole different yeah. ball game. The lenses, the lighting, um, what you must think beforehand, and all of the type of stuff. Yeah, it's it like that. That's what goes on behind the scenes. But um, I really love fashion and portrait photography. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. No. Definitely. I can. I can definitely relate to that. Like studio mm. is a whole different yes. thing. Anytime we have to shoot indoors <laughs> with lights, I'm like, no, don't make me light something, please. <laughs> it's so difficult. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, the, the natural light thing is definitely uh, a little, mm. it's a little more natural. Uh, yeah. Of course, it's like easier to work <laughs> with. organic, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I 100%, I, I can relate to that. Mm. Um, Kind of throwing it back to fashion side of things mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, We would be remiss to be having a conversation with you and like not ask some questions about the incredible outfits that you oh, put together. You. No, like I, on a personal level, I will say I genuinely like, I love both yours and Fabrice's style so much. And oh, the stuff that uh-huh. you put up on your Instagram, I'm always like, ah, I wish I could be wearing this right now. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. Um, I want to, to ask you how, how did you go about kind of crafting um, your 
personal style and were there any like other creators mm-hmm. or you know fashionistas etc who were like a particular influence in that process mm. so i think when i was younger um for me the olsen twins they were mm. one of my favorite star icons i absolutely love them um and also vanessa hudgens there was a whole bohemian trend back then that i loved um and so i loved i loved what they wore i loved the accessories they wore and i liked um they were like effortlessly cool, which is uh, something I'm drawn towards. I prefer um, not looking too not looking too curated. Yeah. But obviously you are curated, so I love that style. But then I realized that the silhouettes that they were wearing, um, they weren't they didn't work with my body shape. Mm. So then from that I learned whichever person you're inspired by, you must also think of their body shapes. Are they tall? Would it work for you? So then from there, like I have more of a body shape of let's say someone like Kim Kardashian, not mm. as exaggerated as her, mm. but silhouette wise, I'm more like her. I'm curvier. I got a smaller waist. So then I realized that I love this style, but I couldn't wear them. Mm. So then from then onwards, I I saw like who's my body time. I'm also short. Yeah. So I looked for <laughs> for 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 celebs and influencers that were my height, and then from there, um, I got my personal style. Mm. Yeah. So then, and I would say my personal style is kind of, it's, um, I would, I usually go for three things. I, th- I think it's edgy, cute, or cool. Mm. So I think I work through those types of genres when, when I pick something out, yeah. That is, I'm actually, like, it's really encouraging to hear you talk about this because mm-hmm. it, it's definitely something that, like, I've experienced because I'm, I'm about your height, mm-hmm. like, similar sort of, like, body shape, etc. And mm-hmm. I've always been, like, that's also the style. Like, I'll often look at girls who are a lot taller than me and yes. I'm, like, this is what I want to wear. And then I try it on. I'm, like, why do I look like I'm wearing a bag right <laughs> now? <Yeah. laughs> um, so, but, yeah, that that's... um. That's really insightful, and mm. I think yeah, it is. It's a kind of is about like you know looking at what you like, but then also finding what realistically works for you yes, personally. Yeah, definitely, definitely still on that journey. Have not arrived yet, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, seeing creators like you out there creating and having these like very um, I was gonna, it's not a, an original word, but like incredibly like creative and very cool outfits mm-hmm. and unexpected looks and yes. things is like. Very, very inspiring. So okay. I just wanted to say, keep doing what you're doing. It's great. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of talk us through your process for for putting an outfit outfit like together for a shoot, like nitty gritty detail, like start to finish. Like, what does that process look like from conceptualization all the way to like executing the shoot? Okay, I just actually I forgot to add who my favorite yes throw um, it in influences <laughs> on now. I would say right now, um, I look to Instagram content creators and not. And not Instagram models. People love looking at like models and swimsuit bikini girls, but they don't mm. give you any style inspiration. So right now it's between like I've um, international influencers that I really love, and also um, models. I feel like models, um, current models like Bella Hadid, Kendall Jenner, Hailey Bieber, their street style is so amazing. So yeah. I love their street style, but then obviously I make it towards my own and my body shape and everything. Mm. So yeah, but then going on to the next topic, <laughs> what goes into me picking out my outfit, um, I would say I usually kind of run through th- three things. I would say I firstly think of a theme mm. so um, or a mood. Am I feeling um, cold or like, is, is it an autumn theme? Is it a Valentine's Day theme? Um, also, when I get a brief as well, mm. they always give a theme. So I usually think of a theme and I'm picking out my outfits. And then from there, I pick the clothing according to the theme. So obviously, if it's autumn, maybe I will pick um, 
rustic color palettes. I'll pick, um, yeah, uh, I know I might wear leg warmers. Mm. <laughs> or like, yeah, with the outfit, I'm going to throw on tights, something like that. And then the last thing is accessories. I feel like accessories can change an entire outfit. Because two people can be wearing a crop top and jeans. And by accessories, I include makeup, I include hair, I include sneakers, or I mean shoes. And yeah, I feel like if, if you're more of a minimalistic girl and you're just doing a bun and very clean jewelry compared to someone that maybe edgier, has grungier makeup and so forth, you can completely look different by the accessories you wear. So I always find that the, the last thing that makes, that puts my outfit together is accessories. And, and also I feel like when I go shopping, I love shopping for key basic pieces, but I also put as much love and effort into my accessories because mm. I feel like that's the differentiating the, the differentiating factor. Yeah, yeah. I can. Uh, I I just have to mention this. How and you can give me some advice here. <laughs> How does one pull off leg warmers? I have never <laughs> been able to make it work, and I'm just like, this is a thing from the '80s. I want to bring back into my life, and I just I don't know. I, Got any advice? <laughs> <laughs> leg warmers? I would say. I feel like uh, with leg warmers, you must decide what theme you're going for. So if you're going for like a cute little theme, mm. then I would say maybe a skirt and like sneakers. I feel like that could be a, uh, a cute look. And then um, obviously you could wear it with a gymming outfit. Mm. I feel like if you wear your um, tight leggings and then you just put that on and your sneakers again, then that could work quite nicely. So I feel like it just depends on the theme again that you're going for. Then you can just work towards that yeah yeah i think i need to like pick pick a theme pick one thing <laughs> jessica don't do like six things at once <laughs> thanks for that i appreciate it um then um of course i feel like from the photography side of things mm-hmm. you know having an amazing outfit is one thing but you've also got to have like all the right sort of poses and things <laughs> in your arsenal <laughs> to make it kind of work, yes. you know, and to like play into that look uh-huh. that you've created, you know? Um, so I've got, I've got two questions. Yes. Here. My first question is that you always look so confident <laughs> in your photographs. Uh-huh. And um, I wanted to find out, like, have you found that like modeling for your photos, mm-hmm. et cetera, has been like a really um, empowering experience kind of from the start or were you like super awkward in the beginning? Have you had to like grow into it? What's What's mm-hmm. been the vibe there? So I've had to grow into it. I feel like I feel like a few, very few people just are automatically photogenic. Mm. So yeah, I've had to grow into it, but I love it because it's, it's taught me so much self-confidence mm-hmm. because um, right now when I shoot and I, I, I don't care where I am, when it's time to shoot, I got my poses and I, and I'll just start shooting. And it, there's a level of, I don't care that comes with it, which is quite, which is quite nice because I feel like so many of us are restricted. Mm. We're boxed in, we, 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 we're always thinking of what other people are thinking. And for me, I'm like, this is a job. And um, if anybody asks me, it's like, I'm busy doing this for Instagram or I'm busy doing this for whatever campaign I'm doing. So, yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's boosted my self-confidence because I'm a, I'm a bit of a, not timid, but I'm a, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm a bit of a chill or timid person. So it's really given me a bit of confidence boosting. Oh, hey, it looks like we've reached that point in the episode where we ask you to share Orm's Air with your friends. But seriously... If you are enjoying our discussions and being creatively enriched by the insights of our guests, it would be straight up fantastic if you would consider telling your community about our little podcast. If you would like to make your voice heard in future conversations, all you need to do is get in touch with us via one of our communication platforms. We accept DMs, 
inbox messages, tweets, emails, and even notes sent by Carrier Pigeon. So, don't be shy. Send your most burning creative requests, questions, and wonderings to any of our social channels, linked in the show notes of this episode. Do you find that people, like, often will come up to you and ask you, like, what you're doing when you're shooting in public, or is that not so much of a thing? Um, they don't really ask what we're doing, but they always, they, people make comments. Really? Yeah, it's like, they, like, which is fine sometimes, but then other times, like, take a picture of me, and I'm just like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I never know that, re- like, the answer to that response, because, mm. like, obviously it's not going to happen, because we, it's like, it's just a random thing people always say. Mm. Um, so that's usually, it, people usually comment more and everything like that. Mm. But yeah, you just become you become used to it, and um, it gives you an extra shield, I guess, in mm. life. Yeah, mm. which is quite cool. This is just a job, mm. you know. It's like it's your profession. It's like why 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 should this be a weird thing that you're yeah. out taking photos in public? I feel like it's going to become maybe less of a thing. I think people are maybe getting definitely like I tried vlogging in public mm-hmm. once, like <laughs> 2018. It was for an assignment. Yes, and uh, and people were so weirded out by it. I feel like. I've seen a few people doing it since then and people are kind of like, oh, must be for YouTube, must be for Instagram. You know, they're kind of more chill these days. But I don't know. Hopefully it gets even more chill (laughs) and people are just like, ah. Yeah. They're just influencers. They're just doing their thing, you know? Mm. Um, And then um, on the topic of of posing and and looking great in photos and everything, I wanted to know, as someone who's got experience in this regard, Mm -hmm. do you have any advice for those who want to get better posing for photographs mm-hmm. you know like um how how did you go about that sort of process of finding the poses that kind of work for your images and for the styles that you want to bring across mm-hmm. what what insights have you got over there so i would say practice in the mirror yeah practice makes, <laughs> <laughs> practice makes perfect also know what you want to accentuate let's say if for different clothing items you're going to accentuate different things or for different fabrics so um, if you want to accentuate your, your hips, you put your hand on your hips. If you want to maybe accentuate your um, torso, then put your, your hands above because then it will kind of accentuate your, your torso. I feel like, so yeah, it will accentuate your torso. So I feel like different outfits require different poses. So um, just practice in the mirror beforehand and also practice your, your face angles as mm. well <laughs> beforehand. And also um, looking at Pinterest. Pinterest has helped so much. Just looking at what how other people on Instagram pose through Pinterest. And also with TikTok, there's been this whole pose challenge mm. as well. So if you hashtag pose challenge, you, you'll see how other influencers also, um, you'll see the tips of the, that other influencers give. Mm. So yeah, I think it, it becomes better and better. Um, it, yeah, it becomes easier and easier over time. But I get so annoyed because I feel like uh, with Fabrice, with my brother, he just gets it so much quicker. He, in, in like 20 takes, he has these things. And I usually take about 50 takes. Because with me, I'm like, with females, you can either give a cute look or you mm. can give a hard look. Or you can give an edgy look. Whereas with guys, they, they usually just go for like a clean, minimalistic look mm. or an edgier look. So sometimes with, with a certain outfit, I'm not sure, like, should I be cute or should I be edgy mm. or should I be like with my posing? And then I go through all of them. <laughs> Mm. And then afterwards, I just pick the one I want. So mm. I, I feel like for, for females, we have a lot more poses we can do. So sometimes it's a bit challenging um, when you're going for a shoot. But if you just plan beforehand a bit, it always helps. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really helpful advice. It's actually it's the second time I've, I've heard that um, our previous guest, Kalipa, asked uh-huh. her the same question. And she was like, practice in the mirror. Yeah. This is the way to do it. And I'm like, oh, 
Golly, is that what it's gonna have to be? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like the worst ones are the ones on the floor. I, I sometimes don't know how these influencers do it because mm. I've done a few of those. Your your knees are like buckling, <laughs> and everything. But yeah, I think in the end they all come out good. So you just have to suffer. Mm. It's not that much suffering, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> do you find that it's it's easier now? Like you kind of you have your go tos and yes, you can just flip through them. Yeah. yeah, and even um, I've worked a few times now with brands where other people are taking pictures not just my brother mm. so now i've become better at um with my especially my face i've become better with knowing what to do with my face and so forth but i want to get to a stage where with fashion photography it's more having different angles and so forth so i want to get to that stage mm. but I'm, I'm much more confident i know exactly what to do with my my body and the clothing yeah mm. Mm. i also wanted to just mention I, i'm just remembering now as i'm thinking back on what you said i love that you place emphasis on accentuating things mm -hmm. rather than being like oh this is how you like will hide something maybe that you don't like and it's like oh, the yeah. focus is more on like this is how you bring out something incredible yeah i'm just i'm thinking <laughs> i'm just thinking about now and i just wanted to say that i loved oh, i loved that part of your advice yes. um so thank you <laughs> um okay let's let's talk about like last year and and some of the work that you mm -hmm. did last year and speaking about like brands and everything. I mean, you just mentioned that you worked with some um, and you worked with a lot of really big yeah. brands last year. <laughs> I mean, congratulations and well done. Well, first of you. all, that's really awesome. Um, we're talking like Mr. Price, identity, Fashini, mm -hmm. the fix, all of these, all of these people. Um, so I wanted to know, so as, as a content creator who mm -hmm. works, works with brands, what would you say the ingredients are for a, a healthy, mutually mm -hmm. beneficial collaboration between a creator and brand? Like, what does that look like, mm. ideally? I think I would say there's maybe two main things. I think, firstly, you have to be genuine with the content you, you give them. So if you, if you, let's say, a super grungy girl, and they want to work with you, but you see on their feed they may be more minimal or they may be more casual, you shouldn't change your style to, 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 to their to the aesthetic because they picked you for a reason. They want you to be grungy or they want you to be very streetwear. So when you're working with a brand, let's say it's identity or let's say it's Mr. Price, um, dress how you would dress in those clothing and not the other way around because they picked you for your create for your individuality. I'm always saying like stay true to yourself. I feel like the best content creators um, are the ones that stay true to themselves no matter what. Um, I don't know if you know of someone called Brentman Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like he's a very good example of somebody who, no matter what brand he works with, it doesn't seem like he's a sellout because he always takes the brief that they give him mm. and makes it true to himself. So I feel like that's one way um, of always uh, making sure you get more brand deals with the company because they'll always be seeing like, oh, how are they gonna make how how are they gonna make um, whatever you're giving them in your own way. And then another another thing I would say is to overgive if you're working with a, a brand and they want and they're like hey um for this post i just want you to do one outfit these are the vouchers that you should use maybe give them two outfits mm. i always feel like in the beginning stages especially with each brand i worked with them i always gave them extra extra work i'd always buy two outfits instead of one i'd always give them maybe um a product shot and an outfit shot so that they see that you're eager to work with them that mm. you want to work with them so don't feel like you don't have an ego. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah. And and just always because the thing is you can you can give them one post, but if you want to work with them for five years. Yeah. And I feel like the brands in South Africa are limited. Mm. Um and, and until you start getting international brands. So if you want to keep working with a brand, always just overgive. So that would be my my top most advice, yeah. Mm. I love that you say that because obviously I'm on the other side of this. We're often I'm the, as the content manager yes. here, I'm often <laughs> the person who's like getting the proposals or putting them together and mm-hmm. working with the creators. And mm-hmm. I can say, I will second your advice 100% because <laughs> um, creators who show that they are super keen mm-hmm. to do the work and they'll go just even like just a little bit above and beyond. Like maybe if we ask for like, five photos or something and Mm -hmm. they give us like even seven even like eight photos just a couple extra it goes a long way in terms of building that relationship it's like Mm -hmm. 100% gonna make me more like eager to recommend them next time for a campaign Mm -hmm. or to put them forward and I just think yeah it like makes the the working uh relationship just like it gives a good yeah. vibes. That's, I mean, that's, that's the only way I can put it. It's just like, I'm like, yes, I see you. Yes. I see you're keen. <laughs> I will work bit, with you again, yeah. you know? And I always feel like it's it's good giving options to brands because mm. you might love this one picture or this one image, but they might like something else. So it's good to give them options. And yeah, it's, it's a win-win for everyone in the end. Yeah, I mm. could not agree more. Um. And then, uh, speaking of brands and all the brand things, <laughs> what would be your dream brand collaboration? Oh my goodness, that's a that's a tough question. I would say, um, if I keep within my fashion mm. schemes, I would say internationally, I would love to work with more, um, not a bit, not unknown, but the, I wouldn't say like the Dior's and Chanel's. Mm. I would love to work with, um, a couple of brands, they are Jacquemus. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. Mm. But um, I, I just love the, the tailoring and everything. Um, I would also love to work with Bogeta Veneta. They, I feel like they are currently the trendiest um, the, the trendiest brand at the moment, whatever shoes that they, whatever shoes that they do, mm-hmm. everyone else replicates. Whatever bags they have, everyone replicates. And also Fenty, um, Rihanna's brand, because mm-hmm. I just I also love her fashion. I love how she's um, effortlessly cool, and also she loves wearing oversized things, tight things, and I love that about um, I love that about fashion. I, I don't like wearing skin tight things all the time, but mm. I also love wearing oversized things. So I would say I'd go for like the the cool kid brands because I I love I love buying things I can wear instantaneously. Mm. So if you buy something that's super couture, you might not wear it. So um, those are the brands that I would love to work with. And uh, I think I'd die if I'd <laughs> if I got to work with one of those brands. I can I can absolutely imagine. Um, mm. Yeah, no, their stuff is incredible. And I will, of course, link all of their links and links to the Instagram, et cetera, in the show notes. So you guys can check them out and get a visual idea of what we're what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's move on um, more to the content creation mm-hmm. side of things. Um, so your your hardcore most devoted fans will know that uh, you and Fabrice actually share a YouTube channel yes. called Star Reviews, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and you create some really like fun, very I found like South African relatable content yes. on there. Like I love watching it because I'm like I can relate to the things <laughs> that they're saying. Like watching American and British YouTubers is all good, but I'm like you don't understand what it's like living here. And exactly. I feel like, you know, yeah. you guys are giving us that content that we need. Um, so, so, I mean, like, talk us through, like, that process of starting a YouTube channel. Like, what kind of inspired you guys to do that? So, we were looking at which um, 
which content now we're looking at which social media platforms will do well in the future so we we're always thinking of the future so we're thinking youtube could be youtube is a very good platform i think instagram could not exist in five years time or could mm. not could be made redundant it could be tiktok that's just like the main big thing so we wanted something we wanted like um a social media platform that would be would stick around for a long time and also that i feel like south africans need uh, south africans need um youtube content creators because mm. what we mostly saw from south african content creators it's either makeup or fashion but not something that a whole bunch of south africans can watch whether you're male or you're female or you're young and old i feel like with our channel um we mostly review food content and we try to review other things as well i feel like it's relatable to a lot of people mm. um yeah, and our goal in the end is to just highlight a lot of south african things mm. um uh, south african restaurants that you can go to uh, south african products that you'd want to use so we can start supporting our own economy our own our own people just um yeah and just grow um and, and just make it i feel like make it cool to or make it cool or fun to watch south african content creators mm. and um and also yeah and 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 give a shout out to south, to south african brands as well yeah yeah no, I love that. I really support local guys. Mm. Like and and yeah, it's it really like I was saying, it makes such a difference to like watch creators who are talking about things that you also experience or things yeah. that you can relate to. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um I can relate to stuff that I see in your videos. Um and then um I, I wanna know, like obviously you guys have a quite a collaborative relationship when it comes to your Instagrams mm-hmm. and you shoot for each other, etc. And and there's like that that sort of symbiotic relationship there. But in terms of the YouTube channel, like how are you guys kind of like splitting the workload? Just one person editing who does like the setup for the shooting is it just very much a mix and match sort of situation what's the what's the vibe there so yeah youtube is a bit different mm. um fabrice has much better he has much better video editing than i have mm. it's quite funny how we work in general i feel like uh with fabrice he loves he loves uh photography and video more than I do in terms of learning. Mm. Like I love, I, I find it so difficult to um, learn myself from YouTube and all of those things. Um, so yeah, so Fabrice, he has a much better video editing um, than I have. He knows which lenses to use more. He knows which cameras are the best. So he deals with a lot of technical aspects of mm. it. And then just in general with our relationship, I love marketing. I love business. Mm. So then I bring that aspect to it. So then um, with in terms of our YouTube setup, I edit the first part. Um, we both shoot together, and then we we both have um, a collaborative effort in terms of um, the setup of the space. Mm. But in terms of editing, I I just cut and edit the basic video. So then, if it's a long video, I'll try and make it thirteen minutes, and then he adds all the effects, he adds mm. the sounds, and he adds, and he uploads it as well onto YouTube. Mm. I also want to get to a place now where I can do an entire video because I'm I'm mostly not, I'm mostly only know how to do the first setup. And I'm like, what if he's sick? Or what mm. if some, like, recently I had to go away and then I couldn't finish the video? So my, yeah, so, the, so my goal for this year is mm. to be able to finish an entire video by myself just in case um, he can't do it. Mm. Yeah, so then... But yeah, it's quite a symbiotic relationship. It's it's interesting that you you guys work like that because it's actually quite a traditional like filmmaking workflow. I don't oh, know if you're aware of that, no. but no, it 100 percent is. Like where often you'll have um, you know, your your junior editor will come in and do like a mm. a good like cut down of everything, get like the general story yes. kind of there and intact, and then you'll have like a finishing editor who will come in and like <laughs> jazz it up and put all the effects in and and everything like that. So that's actually really really cool, and mm. I believe in you. You'll get you'll get there with your editing by the end. 
end of the year. I can see yes. it. It'll happen. Um, what are you, uh, just out of interest, like what are you guys editing in? What software do you use? Um, Adobe Premiere. Mm, yeah. The so. classic, the standard. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, speaking of your YouTube channel, there's, there's two videos in particular that I'm uh-huh. super interested to ask you about um, from like a content creation uh, perspective. And the first is a, a video that you and Fabrice made where you break down in what I must say is really surprising and honest uh-huh. detail. I was really surprised um, exactly how much you made from being micro mm-hmm. influencers in 2020. Um, and I was surprised by this because I feel like that level of transparency is not necessarily something that you often see mm. in the influencing scene, maybe, or content creation scene. And I wanted to know why you felt it was, you know, necessary for you to share like that amount of information with your viewers and kind of what the reaction was from the community. Like, mm. what was your thought process behind that? We've been we we've been watching a lot of videos just in terms of um, overseas videos mm. where where people have been breaking down how much they earn, and we were talking up to each other and we're thinking this would could be a cool YouTube idea. Especially, I feel like um, there's a miss there's a miss. Um, What's this now? <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's a, uh, like a misconception. Yes, there's a misconception of how much um, influencers make. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people want to do it as a full-time job at the moment. And I think at the end of it, we found out like you you can't make a living off um, influencing at a certain amount of followers you have. Mm. So we wanted to just bring it out to the public and again, make um, content that's, relative, that's relevant to South Africans. Mm. So yeah, we, we just wanted to um, really break it down for people so that they they have a place that they can see like, oh, this is how much I, I might make when I'm on this amount of followers. Yeah. And also we want to keep doing it so that when maybe I'm on 50,000 followers and you can see, okay, no, this is how much I can make, almost earn in, mm. a, in a way. And yeah, I feel like um, we just, we love transparency and I feel like that's a good way to uh, to gain um, an audience is if you're transparent with them yeah. and, and then they know you're coming from a genuine place. So, yeah, I, I think it's a series we want to continue doing. And also, um, I think it's a good way for us as well to to keep um, track of how much we're earning and mm. how we've grown from one year to another year. Yeah. No, I really, I appreciate that you guys did that. I think it's definitely a video that I will send other people to watch. Uh. Because like you said, the misconception is huge. Mm. I mean, first of all, from the perspective of... Um, people who want to get into content mm. creation, I think they think that, you know, you hit like a few thousand followers and you're made, you're sorted, you exactly. can jump into this full time. And I'm like, I don't think it works like that. Yeah. And then also, of course, from the general public who just still to a large extent don't really understand mm-hmm. how any of this works. Mm. And I think that videos like that where people and creators like yourselves mm. are so frank about everything and just open, mm. lay it all out on the table. I think that does a lot for, like you said, fostering healthy relationships with the community yeah. and and also just, you know, um, sharing that knowledge and like bringing mm. more insight and shedding more light on what it's like to be a content creator. Yeah. So yeah. no, I appreciate that. We'll continue unpacking this topic in a hot minute. But first, we need to give a big shout out to Orms without whom this wonderful podcast would not be possible. Orms is a cornerstone of the creative community in South Africa, offering industry-leading support, the latest gear, world-class display options, and unique educational opportunities for photographers, artists, and visual creatives, both locally and internationally. As always, you can find out everything you need to know by visiting Orms Direct. or any of the links under the what we do header in the show notes for this episode 
Now let's get back to the discussion. Do you feel like being transparent about revenue and the content creation mm-hmm. process in general will help to foster a more appreciative, sort of healthy relationship mm. between professional influencers and the general public, having discussed the fact that we do feel like there is like a misunderstanding or a misconception there between yeah. like what it's like. Um, what are your thoughts about that? I think it definitely does. And uh, we got a lot of positive um, feedback from that, especially from content creators, because mm. um, also people don't know how much to charge as well. So if yeah. you can kind of see, okay, she's on 10,000, she only made, last year I think I made 22,000. Mm. Okay, and she's had like maybe five campaigns. You can kind of see how much I'm earning. Mm. So... Um, uh, and I think we break down what's our highest camp, how much we got our, our highest campaigns and our lowest campaigns, so that you can see. Maybe I'm charging too little. Mm. Maybe that's why I'm not getting, or, or maybe I'm charging too high, and that's why I'm not getting work. So I think um, it's a good place to see where you where you fit as well into the industry. And also, I feel like some people want to. They tell you on ten thousand, and you get two big brand deals, and you, and you're thinking maybe I should quit. It's like, and then mm. you see us, and like, no, maybe you shouldn't quit yet, and you should maybe quit when you're on. 50,000 followers or 40,000 followers. Mm. So I feel like um yeah, I feel like people really appreciated the the transparency because it's 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 like hard facts. It's like true yeah. information, you know. It's yeah. like really helpful. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's content that's needed. Yes. Compared to we mostly watch content on YouTube that's just fun. Um like the, the rest of our content is fun and you don't really need it, but I feel like if you want to get into the space, this is actually something that's um the, that that video was something that's helpful, and also maybe if you want to show your mom, like, hey, actually, if I get to ten thousand, this is kind of how much I can make, mm. or you can show your brother if people don't believe in you or something like that. So yeah, yeah, that is very true. Um, I think the what to charge thing is mm-hmm. definitely like it's the question I also I get most from uh, students of mine in the post production mm-hmm. space, and ever, everyone is trying to in a creative industry figure out what on earth they should charge their (laughs) clients. So I think anyone who is out there sharing information that's useful and helpful Mm. in that space uh, deserves a big round of applause. So there you go, you get a clap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So thank you for your your transparency. Uh, I just wanted to to recognize that. Mm. Um, Then the second second video I really wanted to to touch on with you um, is the one titled Influencing Sucks, (laughs) Here's Why. Great title, Fabrice, if you uploaded this, I must just say. Um, so in this video, you and Fabrice kind of dismantle some of the common mm-hmm. misconceptions uh, about being a content creator mm-hmm. and explain some of the hard work that goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and first of all, I wanted to say thanks for making this video because <laughs> uh, as we as we have spoken about extensively on this, I feel like people don't understand yes. how much work it is uh-huh. and really don't get it. Um, and this video is filled with some really specific and really helpful advice mm-hmm. um and i feel like it kind of smashes those false illusions that people might have about being a content creator but then on to my, my question what advice would you have for listeners of ours who you know want to become mm-hmm. professional content creators or influencers do you do you think this is still something that's possible to like you start from ground zero today, <laughs> like zero followers. That's scary. It yeah. is, you know, and do you think it's possible to do that and to quote unquote make it? Mm-hmm. Or is this industry like particularly here, is it already oversaturated at this point? What are your thoughts? I think the South African market is amazing. I feel like some a place like America mm. or maybe the UK as well, um, I feel like they still they super far ahead of us. So they they very I feel like the, their market is very saturated mm. compared to South Africa because a lot of people are only getting Wi Fi now. A lot yeah. of people are still 
only getting into Instagram slowly but surely because a, a large majority of our population is um, underprivileged and mm. they're starting to, I guess, um, work up their way. So they'll, all, they, so they'll be able to find you later in the future. So I love the fact, I love that about um, South Africa and I'm so glad that we're in this space here. Mm. And I, I feel like um, to be an influencer, it's, no, start. I feel like start. This is the best um, side hustle you can do. Mm. If you if you're interested in it, if you love it, because the thing is, you won't make any money for a long time. So, because um, I've been doing it for three years, and now this year is where it's picked up a lot. Mm. Last year, but then last year it picked up, but then COVID happened. Yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah. So then this year it's really picked up a lot. So I would say um, it, it's a it's an amazing side hustle to have because it's something you can do in your own time. You can post whenever you want to post. You can shoot on the weekend. Um, just to know that it takes a long time. It takes um, a couple of years. Um, and the platforms, I would say, Instagram is so discouraging at the moment. Yeah. I would say, go on TikTok. TikTok is amazing. I've just started my account. so <laughs> I wanted to ask you about that. Yes. I'm going to throw in a question in a, se- in a second, but I'll let you finish what you were saying. Yeah, I would say TikTok is amazing. Um, yeah, TikTok is amazing. And it's not as, uh, I would say, it's not as rigid as Instagram. Instagram it it pays if you have um a, like a good iPhone or a good phone. It pays if you have a camera. Mm. But with TikTok, it's not as strict. So yeah. I feel like you can work with less equipment, and the growth rate is so fast. Yeah. So I think consider on TikTok, and then from there just move your followers to the other channels. Mm. I've seen people do this, and it just works so well with them. So um, I'd say that if you're starting now, if you have an Instagram account already, just push it because brands. Brands still pay a lot more for Instagram than TikTok at the moment. Mm. So those are the channels I'd say. And and obviously YouTube. Um, If you can dabble in a bit of everything, that's good. But always start off with one thing. So Mm. if you're starting off, I'd say TikTok. Then obviously from TikTok, your followers will trickle through to Instagram. And then lastly, because YouTube takes up the most amount of time. Mm. I'd say YouTube do last. Yeah, yeah this is very true and, and very good advice. I'll say from someone who isn't in, in like the content sort of like social media mm-hmm. sphere, like what you're saying is 100% spot on. I actually wanted to ask you about TikTok yes. earlier. <laughs> like you threw it in in something, another answer. Yes. And I was like, oh, I need to get her opinion on this. Um, So you just started a TikTok account. Yes. That's really exciting because <laughs> you weren't on it, what, like I want to say two weeks ago even or like. No, no, I've, I've actually, I've been on TikTok. Um, I when last year, I was like, okay, because um, it, it blew up last year, especially yeah. in um, lockdown, <laughs> at the beginning <laughs> of lockdown. So I was like, okay, uh, I created an account so I could have my name mm. and surname, so I could have my handle. So I'm always like, if there's something new and you want to keep your handle, just make an account. So mm. I made an account to have my handle, but then I didn't, I posted on and off, but then this year I've been posting way more regularly. I think at the beginning of March, yeah, I've been posting way more regularly and I've seen... And I've seen how beneficial TikTok is. Yeah. Yeah. And I've um, one of my videos went viral and then... Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so the previous week, I was on 58, fo- 58 followers. And then at the end of the week, I was on like 1,400 followers. And, and on Instagram, to grow like that, it would take... Even YouTube, it takes like Forever. years. Yeah. Even. Yeah. So... Um, and so, and, and the, the main thing with TikTok is if you can post like twice a day mm. three times a day it, it sends it out to everybody so you can just grow at a much faster rate so you're saying it's like it's definitely like a high frequency yes, platform like definitely. it favors that yeah um because there's this there's this um 
content creator. It's not a content creator, but he's like a CEO. I, I don't know if you know of Gary V. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so Gary V kept on saying, "Go to TikTok, go to TikTok," and mm. I was like, "No, I don't like. I don't want to diversify because." The, the the thing as well is you can't spread yourself too thin. Yeah. So I was I was like let me let me just keep TikTok on the back burner. But I I saw now that actually what he was saying is true. If you want to grow fast, go to TikTok. It yeah. it really does um it's it's for the content creator whereas I feel like Instagram and Facebook has become almost against and YouTube as well mm. in terms of reach. Mm. Yeah, I do. I do really agree with that. And I also I I use TikTok a lot from like a user standpoint. Oh, so I, I, I know what it's like to to interact uh-huh. from like that perspective. And I've noticed that like as someone who's using the platform, mm-hmm. I get invested in creators very very quickly. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. you like you end up like you watch so much stuff and. I think like it's easier to hold people's attention because of how quickly things are happening. Mm. And I find that like, yeah, I'm on that platform all the time. <laughs> so addic- uh, uh, that's addictive. <laughs> it really is like more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like I, the first time I picked it up, I think I spent a good three hours just. I know. Just for, and and I, when people would tell it, I was like, how can you do that? But then mm. yeah, one time I spent four hours and I was like, okay, yeah, it's, it's very, it's addictive. And, mm. and I like that it's, it's, it's not serious. You have yeah. yeah, you have all different types of people and it can be so specific in your niche. You can just do yes. nails. And that is it compared to Instagram, I feel like you have a niche but also it's a bit lifestyle. Mm. Just to kind of cater to everybody, but you can be very very niche, yeah. which is quite cool. It is very cool and I like what you mentioned that they really are for creators. Like I do mm. I do feel like that and I I I've really struggled with particularly YouTube. Obviously that's like my sort of background and that's been mm. my passion for a long time and oh. that's the content that I've been most involved in, but seeing how they've kind of like dampen things for creators more and more every year and it's Mm. harder and harder to gain an audience to get discovered to Mm. you know create content that's really impacting a large amount of people and i feel like with tiktok you can do that so quickly Mm. you know um it is it is a really powerful platform and i will fight anybody that comes for tiktok i'm just like (laughs) no this is it's a cool platform and the niche thing like you said Mm -hmm. is very cool people are always saying to me like tiktok is just dancing kids and that's what and i'm like i know it's 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 actually it's evolved from that so well yeah it really really has so that is that is some really really solid advice i'm gonna go and take like check out your your tiktok now i had no (laughs) idea that you had one which is i should have done more research before the interview (laughs) um but i'm I'm really glad that you're you're getting into that um and good luck Yes, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, finally, kind of to wrap things up, of course, we're Orms, we're a gear company. We yes. kind of have to ha- like ask you about your, your gear and everything that uh-huh. you're, you're using. What, what is in your, your camera bag at the moment? So in my camera bag at the moment, um, I have a Canon 77D. Mm. So it's a mid-range-ish camera. And then I, we have um, two lenses, uh, the zoom lens, 24 to... I don't even remember the specifics, but um, it's it comes um, with uh, we bought it with um, a zoom lens, yeah. and then we also have a fifty mm. Um That was our first uh, like actual lens we bought <laughs> outside <laughs> of it, and then we have a tripod. Mm. Um, we have a bounce as well or a reflector. Yeah, and then that's kind of our setup. And we have um, a thirteen hundred D. So we have two cameras because mm. um, for photography work as well. It's always good to have a backup camera. 100%. Um, yeah, and then a whole bunch of SD cards. Mm. And that's kind of our setup, yeah. Two cameras, um, some zoom lenses, and then 
uh, 50 millions. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that reflector really helps with the natural light situation <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. you're shooting. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and then I wanted to uh, wrap things up with asking if you had to kind of put together your dream camera kit just off oh, the top yes. of your head, like what, what would you want in there? I would want, um, I think firstly, a GoPro. I mm. feel like um, the latest GoPro, the, the latest GoPros, because even for our YouTube channel, if you were to do vlogs, like there's so you have so much range with a mm. GoPro. You can go underwater. It just it feels um, it feels like the people the, the the your audience is going with you on a journey. Yeah. So I definitely want to invest in a GoPro, a drone, obviously. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want it's one? A drone, yeah. And then in terms of camera, I'd want to go to. Um, I'd, I think I'd actually go mirrorless. Yeah. So um, an R5, I mm. think that would be amazing. They are, they are amazing. If yes. someone who shot on one, let me tell you. Oh. It's worth it. <laughs> and, I, and because I'm a lazy editor, I feel mm. like anything that can just enhance the image so you have to do less editing and less, um, mm. all of that spiel, um, I would definitely do. And then um, in terms of lenses, a 16 to 35 lens, because um, there's great options. And then... In terms of prime lenses, a 50 mil mm. and then an 80 mil. So mm. um, I think 1.8, yeah. So then that's kind of my um, my setup. So it would be like a camera and then the GoPro and um, drone would just be for basically bureau and an, yeah. extra, <laughs> an extra experience. Yeah, no, yeah, and it definitely, it definitely would give an extra experience. Yeah, um, thank you, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, oh my, God, this has been so so much fun. Yeah, it is, it is. It's just like having a having a chill conversation. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and thank you for sharing your insights so so generously with our audience. I know that they will will deeply appreciate it. No problem, mm. and yeah, I never knew with, with podcasts you you need you need water, guys, because it's <laughs> it's a lot of talking actually that yeah people go through in yeah. one sitting. This is why I said when when shame when you were not feeling well i'm like don't just don't you're gonna be so tired by the yeah. end of it your throat like really really has a, a whole workout situation but I must also say, um, it's quite amazing from your side i never thought about it because in the future i was like okay maybe i, w- I might want to go into podcasting as well but from the interviewer part you have to think of the questions mm. as i'm answering mm. and maybe think of backup it's it's a lot actually from from it your is. side. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks. I I appreciate that yeah. you you're recognizing that. Um, I think yeah, it is a lot, and I I really enjoy it. I mm-hmm. love the the question crafting process. This is like deep inside information, but like I I don't know if you watch Hot Ones on YouTube. Oh my, I love <laughs> that show. Yeah, <laughs> that is like my inspiration for how specific questions should be. Oh, because I feel like. With them, the, you know, Sean hits them with a question. And they're like, how did, just yes. what this, how did you come up with this question? That is what I aim for. It's uh-huh. for people to be like, I feel like you stalked me before we had this interview. <laughs> Dad, that, yeah, but mm. it is. Um, and I would, I would recommend if you ever, if you ever do have time in the future, like try a, try a podcast thing. I think you would oh, yeah. be great at it. <laughs> Thanks. I think that'll be in the future, future. Once we have our own YouTube editor and yeah. like, yeah, and things like that to just um, cut down on the workload. It, it helps having an editor. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Celestine, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're so, so welcome. Mm-hmm.